today on the news and why it matters, uh, a court in Idaho is ordering the state to pay for a transgender surgery for someone in jail. The governor says, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, also, Joe Biden. He does not appear to be well. I feel like there's a new video every day that surfaces showing something is just not right. And Ilan Omar, new allegations about her personal life and an affair. A lot to come. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, uh, joined today by Mr. Stubergear, who is back from vacation. Yes, thank you. Staycation. Mm -hmm, staycation. Was really it fun. Was very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield. Thank you for being here. Always and happy to be here. Aaron. We've got you double duty. Twice in a row. Aaron Colin from TheBlaze.com. Thank you for being here. Uh, before we get into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. So um, American Financing, I like to say, I don't know why they haven't used this as their primary motto, is that they're too smart. They're smart enough not to do business with Stubergear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know I why know. it's You've not all over their marketing material. Yes. I mean, look, it's a... A lot of people do brag about not being friends with me and not interacting with me. So it would be a good a good idea for them to do. Uh, but no, they haven't pulled the trigger on that one. I did I did actually uh, do business with them, um, and they helped me go through a bunch of loan options and had some really good ones. Um, but they actually were some you know uh, they had enough integrity to be able to say, hey, you know what, um, you're a moron for wanting to do this loan. You should do it with somebody else. They didn't want to take my money for any reason. Um, so I thought that was a good. Uh, a good way of like looking at it. it was like they walked me through every little piece of it and they said this is why we think this would be a better loan for you but you can go ahead and go with that one by the way the one i went with they they it's already been sold to like three other companies so i don't even know where i don't even know who i'm paying anymore <laughs> uh, they're probably right is probably what i would say at the end uh, and they are salary-based professionals they're not commission-based so like Stu said they're not in it for you know a kickback or for what's best for them they really are in it for you, and they want to get you in the best position, the best uh, the best deal possible for you and your family and your situation. So you can go to AmericanFinancing.net if you've got a refi, you've got a new home to purchase, whatever the case may be. AmericanFinancing.net, or you can call 800-906-2440. Uh, interesting news day, gentlemen. There was a... Um, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled on Friday that the state of Ohio has to pay for a male-to-female gender reassignment surgery of an inmate who is in prison for sexually abusing a 15-year-old boy. Uh, the governor, Governor Brad Little, has said taxpayer money cannot go uh, to pay for this surgery. But it does pose an interesting question, Stu. Um, their reasoning was mm -hmm. that to not do this would be cruel and unusual punishment. Am I getting that right? I mean, it's a bizarre argument, right? I mean, the, when you go to prison, you forfeit a lot of rights. A lot, one's much more fundamental than being, you know, having to get gender reassignment surgery. <laughs> things like walking around and going out to dinner and all of the things that you, you abandon because you've committed a crime like sexual assault. Uh, we act as if that has to be, you know, given to every inmate. It doesn't, right? I mean, we, we were already locking them behind bars. We do not have to give them every freedom. That's one of the freedoms I would say you lose. Um, as a, a, you know, look, you can decide if you want to do these. You want to have surgery on yourself, that's fine. 
Um, the crazy part about this is we have a country now that has this idea that the government should be doing these things for, for people in any circumstance. Mm-hmm. There is never a circumstance in which the government should pay for gender assignment surgery. Remember, it's not the government paying for it. I mean, in the end, it's the government paying right. for it. It's, it's all of us yeah, that yes. are paying for it. And I really don't want to pay for a sex offender yeah. to have gender reassignment surgery. You want to talk about cruel and unusual punishment, think about the 15-year-old boy sexually mm-hmm. assaulted. That's cruel and unusual punishment. And I think one of the big things about it is that the doctors that have been evaluating this person have said it's not medically necessary. Right. So the fact that they would pay twenty to thirty thousand dollars for something that's not medically necessary, I mean yeah. it's not it's not cruel and unusual punishment to not give somebody a surgery that's not gonna save their life or something like that. It's, it's just, and it's never medically necessary. Can we point that out? Is anyone, like, surprised, never is. It, is anyone surprised it comes out of the ninth circuit? No, of course. Right. It's a circus right. when it comes right. to decisions. It never is medically necessary, but mm. this day and age, it is kind of surprising that they didn't find a doctor who would come in and say, Yes, this this guy has to get this, or else <laughs> he just cannot live a normal life. I'm sure they'll find someone. When we get to the Supreme Court, they'll dig that person up. Um, I'm sure there'll be somebody on MSNBC tonight. They'll can, they can call <laughs> I agree. You're probably right. I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I think that the larger problem here, beyond just the absurdity of this case, is that w- when we have, we are a country that is increasingly becoming a group of people who think when we have a problem that's difficult, we better go to the government to sort it out for us. Um, because they're the ones, you know, look, they have to cover our health care. When that gets difficult, we have to, they have to cover that. When we have housing difficulties, well, they have to cover that. You know, when it's, when it's some, it, it, like, they're always the end decider. We look at them as sort of a, re- almost like a religious leader. Uh, please tell us which direction we're supposed to go with all these difficult choices. That's not the way it's supposed to be, at least in America. What about, like, tough on crime? Right. Mm-hmm. Republicans are getting weak on crime. We, we see this over and over again. For some reason, they're like afraid to be tough on crime. Now we have this coddle the criminal mentality. What if you paid for your own gender reassignment surgery and you paid tens of thousands of dollars to get that done? And then you find out that you could have sexually assaulted some kid, go to prison and they'll pay for it for you. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. come on. It right sounds like you're cutting a good deal for them for yes. committing a terrible crime. It's like, it's not the incentive that you Where's want. Where's the but, punishment? Yeah. That's a great point. And also, if, I, if my money is going to be going to someone's plastic surgery, it should be mine. Right? right. <laughs> I, I should be able right. to do that first. Well, does that open, this is America. Does that open the door for that? For somebody to make a claim like that based on some sort of uh, diagnosis that's not very nailed down, like gender dysphoria? That's right. something that there's a lot of disagreement on. So what else can somebody come into prison and say, I've got this condition, I've got this mental... I identify yeah. with larger breasts. <laughs> you might have a legal case in the Ninth Circuit. I don't know. And I want Anchorman hair. <laughs> I, just don't have I mean, it is. It, it does bring up a, an interesting point, Stu, that you touched on. Is that it's like we forget that the in the Constitution, um, it, it doesn't say the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, uh, taxpayers to pay for my abortions, taxpayers to pay for my gender reassignment surgeries, taxpayers to pay for all of the things that I want. This is the problem with a government that gets too big. We wind up relying on it for everything, right? Like the point here is that if you want to do these things to yourself, you can do them to yourself. We live in a country where that's available, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is your responsibility. I mean, there's never an elective surgery that should ever happen in prison. Right. Like even it's the greatest surgery in the universe that we all love. You know, I mean, that that just shouldn't be part of your prison experience. Right. (laughs) If there's a medical thing to keep you alive, obviously, we want to treat uh, prisoners, even though they may have done something horrible. You still treat them uh, humanely. 
But the idea that you're getting, like you're essentially improving your body uh, in while you're in prison in your own eyes. That is, in your and very much in your own eyes, and probably not in anyone else's eyes. Uh, but, you know, like that is, although she, she looks beautiful, I will say. Does, does, does he really? Hey, sorry, he looks beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I can understand why he wants the surgery. I'll just say that. He doesn't, oh. it doesn't look What's very feminine. Going? It's going from male to, to female. female. Okay. Does not look very feminine currently. It looks like Andre the Giant. I wasn't sure. Could we played a clip of Princess Bride of Andre the Giant this morning, and I was like, is yeah. that why that's in my head? But I think you're right. That's why it's Andre the Giant. Oh, uh, moving on, uh, Joe Biden. He has just had misstep after misstep after misstep in this campaign. Um, He was talking about his health care program that he wants to offer. And I feel like we're getting to the point where it's actually it hurts to watch. It's really tough uh, to watch him stumble. Let's take a look. And so anybody who is in a position where they're on a, uh, uh, on Medicaid, they automatically be enrolled with no cost. In addition to that, we also have a mechanism to control drug prices. You know, the, it's, it's not we're no longer using chemical-based things. All this thing re- dealing with cancers and other issues related to the immune system are bio-oriented. They're very expensive, and we should set up a system, as I propose, which I will if I'm elected president, that allows the folks at HH, the, the, the folks at health and uh, the, the health department in the United States, HHS, to be able to go out and bring together outside experts and make a judgment when there's a patent being sought by a drug company, what that patent, what, what it's worth, what the range is. Set that number, and then you're not able to raise that drug price unless beyond the cost of inflation in healthcare. Um, at what point, Stu, do we stop calling these gaffes and start being a little bit concerned? Yeah, I mean, Joe Biden as a candidate has, I think, always been fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never liked his policies, but he's been fun. This is starting to feel sad. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, you know, there's a, we talked about this, I think, before on the show, and that, like, Barack Obama's first debate with Mitt Romney, he came out rusty, I would say. Like, I mean, he was never a great debater, but, like, he, he, he felt like he just hadn't done it in such a long time. He needed to, like, stretch his legs a little bit. And then he was better in the second and third debates. Um, you wondered if that was the same thing with Biden. He comes out. He has, hasn't done this in a while. Is he going to shake the rust off? It does not seem to be happening. I mean, every day there's a new one of these clips, and his style is not conducive to a guy who's losing it mentally. Mm-hmm. He's a you know rapid fire speaker. He's off the cuff. He tries to make it sound con- uh, you know sort of conversational, and I feel like he's he, there's just those little gaps in in what's whatever's you know whatever whatever's firing in the brain isn't connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and now if you're a slow, deliberate speaker, you're maybe a person who does a lot off prompter. You might be able to get away with that. Joe Biden doesn't, I mean, part of his ability is to be able to kind of fire off the, off the cuff and sound conversational. That seems to be going away. And, you know, the biggest thing here is not necessarily what that means for his presidency. It's not even what it means for his ability to beat, uh, to, to beat other Democrats uh, or policies. It's about when this becomes a big enough issue that Democrat voters say, crap, he's going to lose to Trump if we get him this nomination. That's when he tanks. There's been one poll out that's kind mm-hmm. of supported that, that it might be happening. It's only one poll. It's, you know, there's been a couple of others on the side that have sort of supported this idea that he's falling right now. Um, but 
when people see these things day after day after day, you start to lose confidence that he is electable because his entire campaign is run off the idea that he's the most electable. Yeah, with all due respect to people over the age of 80, and I've got tons of friends that I play gin rummy with every weekend that <laughs> are over the age of 80. <laughs> but what do the Democrats think when you offer up a host of candidates that are pushing 80 and above? <laughs> yeah. What do you think you're going to get? You're talking about the rust. You don't get the rust off an yeah. AMC Eagle. That's, that's basically what Joe Biden is right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Aaron? Yeah, and there was this myth, I think, when the campaign started, before he really started getting out, that he had the second win that was going to come. After that first debate, he was going to just rejuvenate. He was going to focus, and you're going to see the old Joe from 2012 and before who was you know, vibrant. He was fiery. He had that energy. And it's clear he just doesn't have it. And, you know, I look at videos like the one we just saw. You would think they would kind of edit that to cover him or maybe say, hey, Joe, you want to run that again? But it seems like his people are not even able to protect him from the appearance that he's not competent. And how long is he going to be able to last in a campaign like that? I don't know. It makes me wonder, um, you know, his wife did was not very enthusiastic (laughs) about people backing him and even said, you know, maybe there are better candidates than Joe. Uh, I wonder if, yeah, Yeah. I wonder if that was part of it is that she sees that this is, this is not going to be good for him. It's possible. I mean, I think he, you know, in that clip, he just looks tired and, you know, uh, say all you want about Donald Trump. A lot of people criticize him because he's not a young guy either. I forget. He's what, 76, Mm -hmm. is he? But Donald Trump, Always looks like he has energy. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump always seems like and he, he never is sleeps. the same person. He doesn't seem like he's <laughs> like he, he. I mean, I was always 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 impressed. Going back to even 2016, the guy was running all over freaking Iowa. We did that life for like one weekend, and I wanted to kill myself. It was like <laughs> I mean, just going around like you know in a bus all over the state for hours and hours, saying the same speech over and over again. It's not fun, mm-hmm. um, and he survived it well. Um, we had a reporter who went to Iowa um, and and saw I think 11 of the candidates in three days. Uh, and saw Joe Biden three times at three different speeches. And he said two of the times he came out, and he was completely fine. He seemed totally normal. And one time he came out, it looked like he was just going to pass out. He was so tired. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, it, it seems like life has taken its toll here. So remember, they kind of went through this with Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. yeah. during her campaign. The problem with that was she was the candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, they have a choice to make. They cannot make that mistake unless they go with Bernie or Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> um, personally, as yeah, a Trump guy, I'd rather... <laughs> I'd rather go against Bernie or Elizabeth Warren any day of the week than I would go against even a gaffe Joe Biden. Oh, that makes me so scared. It's just, it's, I understand your point is that Donald Trump would theoretically have a better uh, chance of winning against them because they're so crazy. Yeah. But if they did pull it off, Oh, I'm terrified for the high risk proposition. I I have great faith in the American people. I always have some disappoint me, but I cannot (laughs) see America electing crazy Bernie Sanders or Pocahontas in, into the Oval Office. And I, Please, I go God. back and forth on this one because like, I agree with you um, that it, they would be yeah. worse you know, worst candidates to go up against Donald Trump. I mean, Elizabeth Warren is like grown in a lab to lose to Donald Trump, like the perfect candidate <laughs> right. to lose to Donald Trump. But like, it is a high-risk thing, and if something out of it, out of control of the president, like something like the economy. I mean, look what happened to Mc, you know McCain essentially in two thousand eight, right? The, the the economy collapses in October two thousand eight. There's no way. I don't care how good of a candidate the Republicans had that time; they were going to lose. The same thing, something or something similar happens in you know August or you know September of two thousand twenty. It doesn't matter who Donald Trump is; he's going to lose if the economy tanks like that. The American people are just. Based on that, you know, they're, they're going to pick whoever is on the other side. And, and that's what ma- makes me risk uh, scared about someone like Sanders. You know, you know, because if they're there, if it's a one-on-one battle, anything can happen. 
I'll make an admission to you. <laughs> so I pulled out about 50% of our, my stock holdings mm -hmm. after watching two weeks of the news media absolutely go on an all-out barrage mm -hmm. that we're going into a recession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a business owner, with no signs of a recession whatsoever, no. recession, recession, rece recession, they control so much information, they could push this country mm -hmm. into a recession for the sole reason to what? Take out Donald Trump. These reporters and anchors don't give a rat's ass about any of us. Mm -hmm. They don't care about the economy. They all, all they want is a new president. Yeah, all right, back in a minute. Really, you know. really, I mean, I, I agree. Um, if the media says Before we jump back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So if you are one of the millions of Americans who you just walk around all day in pain and you just think, hey, this is life now. I'm just always going to be in constant pain. What is it, Stu? Like 66% of people who are in pain here yeah, then just never, think that that's... Yeah, that's the way it is, and I'm never going to get rid of it, so this is my life now. <laughs> so depressing. Yeah, it is really depressing. Um, and, you know, you don't. it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, yeah. there are things you can try. A lot of people have tried, you know, bits and pieces of little things, maybe a medication or some eating regimen that didn't work out. Um, you know, why not try Relief Factor? It's 1995. You get a couple of weeks. Um, what is it, three weeks? Yeah. Uh, three-week quick start program. And if, you, if it works for you, great. It works for, I think, 70% of mm -hmm. people. So why not give that a shot? It works for me. I had a, a car wreck and I had a bunch of herniated protruding discs in my spine. Yeah, that's not fun. It was really painful. And I tried all these other solutions. Nothing worked. Even my other hippie methods like acupuncture. Wow. That didn't work either. <laughs> Just Relief Factor. It's 100% drug free. Uh, and you can go to relieffactor.com. Get that three week quick start pack for 1995. Or you can call 800 500-8384. Um, while we're on the topic of the Democratic presidential candidates, Beto, our good friend Robert Francis, good friend of the show, I know <laughs> you watch every night, I know, hello Robert. Uh, he, um, he had an interesting comment, I guess it's not so interesting because it's kind of par for the course with Democrats, but he was asked if he would support late-term abortion and here's what he had to say. I was born September 8th, 1989, and I want to know if you think on September 7th, 1989, my life had no value. Uh, of course I don't think that, and um, of course I'm glad that you're here. But, but you, you um, referenced my answer in, in Ohio, and it remains the same. Th this is a decision that neither you, nor I, nor the United States government should be making. That's a decision for the woman to make. Wait. <laughs> I mean, of course I'm not saying that, but yeah. yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess you could theoretically make an argument that Beto shouldn't be making that decision or the government should be making that decision, but he's the guy. He's the guy you're talking about. Like, he's either alive or dead based on this decision. Uh, seems like a decision maybe he should have some involvement <laughs> in. And while I know it's difficult to get, uh, you know, the, the answer to a question from a baby, uh, it might be something that we put into the law. Uh, that would protect their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Or may maybe err on the side of this baby probably would prefer to yeah. be alive. Yeah, like the, the, the Democrats act as if, like, well, we don't know. We can't ask him, so <laughs> I said we just have to assume they want to be killed. Yeah. This makes me so upset yeah. because 
when I try to talk to young people about pro-choice versus being anti-abortion, which is where I stand because I believe that life begins at conception, mm-hmm. what I try to do is back them down. Okay, well, at six months, do you, do you think it's right. life? Yes, all right, well, at, at three months, do you think? And then it starts to get a little shaky as you the earlier mm-hmm. you get. At least that's having an, an argument and discussion and I can move them to why I believe life begins at conception. But nobody with common sense thinks that life doesn't begin until you're out of the womb. And one day before, the difference between a a, a mother killing her child in a bathtub of postpartum depression or whatever it may be, to one day earlier, she's not a murderer compared to that she is? It's incredible. It's incredible. The the weird part about that question is it wasn't a medical context. You know, usually this conversation happens with, well, to save the life of the mother or because the baby needs to get out or is not viable. We're talking about a viable fetus one day before birth and Beto is saying, well, the woman can choose whether or not that baby lives or not. I mean, that that's crazy to me. That seems like the, the most extreme, that's as extreme as it can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is, there is no policy, no policy held by Republicans that is as insane as an extreme as they are in abortion. And, and, and unpopular, by the way. I mean, third term, third term abortions are 87 to 13 or 84 to 13 as far as unpopularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the overwhelming majority of Democrats disagree with the position that these candidates are staking out on this issue. And, you know, to ask, to be able to t- say to someone who says, was my life worth anything on September 7th? And you say, well, no, of course it is, but uh, she should be able to kill you. That's not a, that's not a rational logic. He's literally saying your life had value, but your mother could have just chosen to. But, you're, yeah. but, but if your, your mother's convenience is more important. Right, that's more value. So- right, like value here. Mother's convenience, your life here. Basically, and what so you're saying. four hours later, after you're out of the womb and have been born, I would like someone to ask Beto O'Rourke, is it okay for then your mother to murder you then, to suffocate you with yeah. a pillow, to throw you in a dumpster? Is that okay? And for uh, some under reason, his philosophy, they would say no. What, they, they would say no, connect? exactly. Why would it's you say no? It's most shocking when you see people who have children and who have seen that process through to yeah. be able to hold a stance like that. I mean, just for me personally, I can't imagine looking at somebody right up to the point of birth and saying, that's not a life until it comes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who has had children kind of sees how the life develops through that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Grant, to your point, it is, it's, it's like, I wish we were having the conversation on whether or not life begins at conception, and that was the conversation we were having. But when the conversation is every single presidential candidate in the Democrat Party is advocating for late-term abortion, you're talking about a fully formed, viable fetus that could live outside the womb. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. And and I'll go back to studies that have shown at at how many months into the pregnancy that a fetus can start to feel pain. Mm -hmm. You talk about those things, you can go at these arguments with a scientific approach to try to bring people in just to get them to at least see why we stand where we stand. But on this, when you think, and this shows how far apart conservatives and liberal socialists are, when it comes to common sense, that I would think that this would be the most simple form of common sense that you cannot murder a baby the day before it's born, Mm -hmm. that somehow we don't see eye to eye on that, shows you the divide here is crazy, and I feel very, very sorry for people that can't see it. Yeah, Yeah. your last word. And when you go down and and you do what you're talking about, backing people into it, because if you say, well, can we kill them a minute after birth, everyone's going to say no to that. And what about a minute before? Well, uh, most people are going to say no to that. Keep backing them up until you find that time. At some point, they're making a decision where one minute it's murder and the minute before it's completely fine and a human right. 
That's obviously insane, right? <laughs> like we all know that that's completely nuts. And so I think when people actually spend the time to think about it, they usually come out on the right side of it, but it's hard to get people to think about it. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And it's one of those things we just rather just ignore and hope it goes away. Well, it's not going to go away unless we deal with it. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. They are the party of science. Coming up in uh, overtime, you're not going to want to miss this. Ilan Omar is listed in the uh, divorce filings as being a mistress. So we're going to have to, I, I feel like we need Glenn here to do a chalkboard just to remind us of all of her personal history with the husband and then not the husband and then the husband again and... It's crazy. Uh, so if you do not have a Blaze TV subscription, you got to get one. You got to go to blazetv.com. You can use promo code NEWS and you will get $10 off of your annual subscription. Or if you are money's tight or maybe you're just really cheap and you don't like to spend money and you don't want to miss the conversation, it's also available on podcast and that is free. You can uh, look it up, the news and why it matters. Go to Apple, you know, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, remember to subscribe and rate us. The more you subscribe and rate us, the more people get to see and hear this lovely little show of ours. So you can go there or you can go to blazetv.com. Overtime starts next. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. The New York Times, of all places, is uh, reporting, along with several other outlets, that um, Ilan Omar is involved in a little bit of a love triangle. There were uh, divorce filings that state that Dr. Beth Jordan Minot, she says that her husband, Tim Minot, told her in April that he is having an affair with Ilan Omar and that he loves her. He made a shocking declaration of love and ditched his wife. She, by the way, she said, okay, people make mistakes that's fine. We can work on our marriage. And he was like, no, I don't want to no. do that. I love my girl, Elon. And then... Sticking with Elon. Yeah, peace out. <laughs> um, now, he is uh, a, a Democrat consultant. And her um, campaign did pay him... I think I read... It's not in here, but I think I read $100,000 somewhere in that range. Um, Stu... She seems to to not be able to keep her personal life just normal. Stunningly, it doesn't seem like a very stable individual. Yeah. Uh, overall, uh, I know it's a real it's a real shocker. I mean, obviously, I don't care about her personal life, right? right. Like, I don't think any of us do. Um, you know, I don't. I can't imagine what would be like. Oh, I can't wait to get with Ilan Omar. Like that does not. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. Somebody uh, cut that so we can use uh, yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that one just seems uh, kind of a bizarre thing to me. I mean, who knows? I will say, like, divorce. You know, people accuse people of all sorts of things in divorce you know, agreements. You never know what's true. Who knows if this is true or not. But it is like the 10th different story on this front we've heard in just the past few months. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not the, if my understanding is this is not the same guy that they just said she moved in with no. when she left the old guy. No. Which was not the guy, not the first well, guy, but it was the first guy, but not the second <laughs> the guy. The faith marriage right? or the legal marriage. Right, exactly. I don't know. I'm Let me, I, okay, I have it somewhere that it, it's how you have to, we need a chalkboard. Yes. We need a chalkboard. 
So she married the one guy mm-hmm. and had a kid, right, with the one guy, and then divorced him to marry the guy who is allegedly her brother. Right. Don't look at me in any of this stuff. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, for the green card, then divorced her alleged brother and remarried the first guy, and mm-hmm. then she cheated on him with the other with the other guy that she moved in with, and mm-hmm. now she's with this consultant. How do we know this is not just professional? How do we know he just didn't want to commit his whole life to consulting for Ilan Omar? Why right. are you assuming that it's an affair? I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt. Personal I'm just saying. consultation I don't know. is what you're saying. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I... I <laughs> It is a, a Sarah bizarre. Sarah does not believe me. I'm, no, I'm not buying it. I mean, I think there's always a chance when you have a, a large public figure and it's some random accusation. But if they gave a hundred thousand dollars to this guy from the campaign, there's obviously some relationship there. So it's not yeah. completely, uh, to, you know, to be doubted. Does initially. he does he ever get hired again as a guy to give advice after <laughs> having an affair with? Well, he could say Elon. I mean, yeah. what a bad decision. Uh, I mean, Maybe his advice would be don't have an affair with Elon. I mean, he would have a great experience in this area. Well, you know, it's what's really interesting to me is that her religion and her religious values and where she comes from would really, really, really frown upon these actions. Yeah, my understanding of is uh, Islamic uh, traditions would not allow for many of the things she does on a daily basis. It's all um, the time, completely disregards uh, yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's a very strange not many thing. traditions do allow no. for what she does no. on a daily basis. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, moving on to Stu's favorite musical artist, Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, she is my favorite musical artist. How'd you yeah. like the not, new album? Was it okay? Uh, I just can't wait to hear it for the first time. <laughs> um, I am amazed. But it could, the funny thing about this is, like, she she seems to like be jumping into this political sphere. I guess because she she did get criticism for a while for not doing it. So now she's like jumping into it, and I don't think she like just realizes how bad she is at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, she seems like a person who. It, you know, this album, I you know I've heard I have heard bits and pieces of it, and it does seem like she's like acquired all of the things people complained about on the liberal blogs in 2003. <laughs> just bringing them into songs like they're these really innovative ideas like I think black people and white people should be allowed to date. You're like, oh, all right. Yeah, we're, we're kind of all there. Uh, just so you're aware. Um, it's very strange. It's like she's it, like they're outdated, weird claims. And some of them are just so bizarre. She has a song on the album that my wife came back. She's like, oh, my God, listen to this song. Is it she, the man? Yes. <laughs> Taylor Swift telling you that she thinks she could get really far in life if she was just a man. Yep. Like, I, do you realize you're, like, the most powerful person in the world? Like, I, you're making, like, a million dollars a second. How could you possibly have a better life than you have? And she's, oh, this, this world is always crushing her and all these terrible things she has to deal with. Like, you're, like, legitimately one of the most famous people in the world. You have an unlimited supply of money. Like, you, you're you basically the Fed. Yeah, yeah no, okay, voice. You've got to give her that she's got uh, a great she's voice. She's definitely a talented entertainer. I mean, but, I, you know, she, I just don't get, like, this sort of, Again, we've talked about how long, how many times have we talked about victimhood? It's yeah. uh, once again, it's the same thing. She's like embraced this idea that somehow even she is a victim. 
Like, how can she possibly be a but victim? Don't you think she's probably getting good feedback on this from oh, her sure. side of the street? And so that's why it seems so terrible to us. But you read the articles coming from left-leaning sites, and uh -huh. they're like, Taylor Swift is so brave. Taylor Swift is advocating for equal rights. And it's like... Well, you know. I can't wait to see how this album does compared to previous albums. I will not see that ever. <laughs> you, you <laughs> well, first, I've listened to it. I don't think it's as good anyway. Um, trying not to be biased about her inserting her political opinion in yeah. every single song. But I think that there are a lot of people, myself included, I mean, I loved Taylor Swift, and now I listen to this and I'm like, this is garbage. Politics I can't never makes music better. Like, nobody goes to their yeah. music for that. She either. disappointed me when she left country. Yeah. And that was it for me and Taylor Swift. Yeah. It's a very predictable progression from that yeah. moment, though, right? I mean, like, it you know, really it's was. like it goes from, like, I want to, you know, make some great music for the people, these down-to-earth down people that I love, to I want to be famous. Mm -hmm. and then, like, you know, she, you know, like she's on stage with Kanye. It's just like the whole thing spirals out of control very quickly. It goes to something we've talked about before where if you say nothing and do nothing in the face of political issues, you get pointed at like you're complicit in everything bad that's happened. Yeah. I think that happened to her to where people said, you've got to start speaking out about XYZ, even though she doesn't know mm -hmm. probably much about any of it or care, but she's just putting that motion. Ask though for one of these artists to read an article about the thing they're talking about. <laughs> yes. One, just yes. one. It's too. And much. you know what it is? It's too. It's honestly like uh, she's going to talk about pay equality. Can you at least? learn the arguments about it. You don't even have to agree with a conservative one, but at least know what it is. And they don't even know what it is. Yeah, she, uh, so she won a video music award last night. Who knew that the video music awards were still around, still alive and kicking it? And she, she won it for, what is it, You Need to Calm Down, her single You Need to Calm Down, which is, I think, one of the lyrics was like, it's okay to be gay. Like, it's like, what year is it? <laughs> we know. <laughs> we yeah, know. We know. That. We're on board. Uh, and then, the, those pilgrims are going to be upset. <laughs> you. <laughs> Here's what she had to say uh, during her acceptance speech. At the end of this video, there was a petition, and there still is a petition. Woo! For the Equality Act, which basically just says we all deserve equal rights under the law. Right. Basically. Basically. There's no nuance to because it now has half a million signatures, which oh, look at how good of a punch she thinks. You know, which is five times the amount that it would need to warrant a response from the White House. Oh, how powerful! You're taking on Donald Trump. How brave! Basically, up, says. I mean, how boring is this? It's like <laughs> the same thing. You know, again. I love the idea that this, uh, the petition, it's a great, another example of what we talked about right at the beginning. It's like everyone now has to look to the government. Look at her. She's the mo one of the more, most powerful people in, in all of entertainment, one of the most famous people in the world. And here she is begging the president to respond to a bunch of words on a piece of paper, she a bunch clearly, of signatures. She clearly didn't read anything but the title of the Equal Rights yes. Amendment. That's why it's basically, basically equal rights. <laughs> yeah. we, we already got as it. as far as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, before we go, Joe Walsh. Uh, Donald Trump's primary challenger, Joe Walsh, he may be today regretting his decision to challenge Donald Trump. Um, a lot of, oh, I don't know, offensive tweets and um, interviews being brought up now surfacing because he has announced his candidacy. Um, he had an interesting take on, I believe it was MSNBC. Watch. 
I wouldn't call myself a racist, but I would say, John, I've said racist things on Twitter. There's no doubt about it. Um, and an apology is not enough. When I said Barack Obama was a Muslim, that was a horrible thing to say. And I said it because I, I, I was so disgusted with Obama's policy toward Israel that I went a bad, ugly step. Again, context. I've probably sent out 40,000 tweets in the last six years. No excuse. You and I could sit down and find two to 300 that you'd say, Walsh, what were you thinking? And all I can do is own them and explain them and apologize as gent sincerely as I can for those that deserve an apology. I'll, I'll just say I think you got a lot of work to do on trying to make a distinction between somehow convincing people. I'm not a racist, but I said a lot of racist stuff in public. Well, but, but again, that's not fair because it, we, we have a short show. You said I said the N-word in a tweet. I did. And I did to make a point because they wanted to change the name of the Washington Redskins. So they said Redskins is the new N-word. That's BS. The Redskins doesn't equate with the N-word. The N-word has a unique, ugly history in this country. To make that point, I wrote down the N-word in a tweet to make the point that it's not nearly what the word Redskins is. Uh, he also went on to to say that everyone has a little bit of racism in us. I will say his last point is completely yes. legitimate about yes. the Redskins. Like, I mean, I, that is a... I Did mean, you have to not, write down the word good idea. to make the point? Not a good idea uh, to do that, but I mean, it is... A, it is Redskins is not the N-word. I think it could be all be... I have, I have bias in me. I will say this publicly. Mm -hmm. And it's to stupidity. <laughs> I can't stand stupidity. And Joe Walsh is stupid for what he's doing. And then the audacity to go on MSNBC the enemy network of conservatives, that that's where you're going to make your case to become president of the United States as a Republican? I don't think so. How many times have we seen this? People who take these sudden out of nowhere anti-Trump stances, where they go? CNN, MSNBC. They're not worried about serving Republicans. They're worried about just getting on TV. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Walsh was was he the most pro-Trump guy in America he, during 2016? I mean, he I was. I saw a, a tweet that he wrote that said, "If Trump, I'm voting for Trump, and if Trump doesn't win uh, the day after the election, I'm grabbing my musket. Are you in?" Yeah, like <laughs> these guys had the weirdest <laughs> transition. Like it's like you know, there was a decent amount of Republicans back in 2015 and 2016 who were not excited about Donald Trump. I was one of them. Um, however, like. There's not a lot of people who went the other way. He's gone like he went from like super pro-Trump to super anti-Trump. I mean, I don't know if it's just a weird thing where he's going to, you know, he's looking for attention or I mean, look, but he lost his, his nationally show. syndicated he, radio he show. He did, which, which would be automatic basically if you're running a presidential campaign. They can't put a presidential candidate on with his own show. I don't think you, you know you'd have the issues of, with equal time. Exactly. For sure. yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't fully understand. Look, maybe he really believes all this stuff, and I mean, I, I think it's easy to jump to, you know, we just think he has bad. You you know, uh, motivations. Maybe he has good ones. But, like, again, you're right. Like, if you want to go and you want to be um, a candidate against Trump, maybe your path is, I'm going to go after moderates, right? So you, maybe you do go to MSNBC. If you're John Kasich, maybe you do go to MSNBC. But Joe Walsh is sitting here saying he's a Tea Party Republican and he's going on MSNBC. It makes, none of it makes any sense. It's all, it feels almost like it's a parody. Like maybe it's we like can a movie. Find a primary challenger who doesn't have 200 to 300 racist tweets. What's <laughs> <laughs> the number? Is he like 50? Well, how I don't do, know. Max oh, we're going to bag me down here. To <laughs> I know. I love that. He's like, well, but the if you've got to look at the overall ratio. Yeah. I'm Out of 40,000. Like 10% of the time, you got to give me a break. That is, that is one of the 
weirdest transformations. I mean, I, like it's like I I don't I've never seen anything like it. Well, look at look at the mooch too. Like these yeah. people oh, just yeah. annoy me that they turn their back on President Trump when it was beneficial for them to be on board with mm-hmm. President Trump. Didn't he write a book like last year that was pro Trump? Yes. Like, yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. I mean, the mooch was there for what a week. He I mean, was. Ten days, something like that. Yeah, that, that must to be to go completely yeah. the other side. Exactly. It's a, For what reason? What has yeah. President Trump done that makes you go completely the other side on all of this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've heard a little bit of Walsh talking about his reasoning. It seems to be like basically like, well, I don't like his character. And it's like, well, if you were uncomfortable That's with his character. He was. Like, yeah, he's the same guy he was. He's the same like, guy. He's running. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. President Trump may be the first president to actually do and act as he said he would when he was running in the primary. He's done everything yeah, that he said he would do and like he's acting not. exactly the way he said he'd act. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you price that in, right? Like, you know, I can understand some people like a more, like, they want a more Mitt Romney guy, right? Like, who's, like, buttoned up and, and you might not like Trump's style, but, like, if you don't like his style, you made that decision, like, in 1989, right? Like, <laughs> right. like, like all of a sudden, Joe Walsh is like, you know what? Now that I got him elected, uh, I think he's a jerk. It's like, well, it's Donald Trump. Like, this is the way he acts. It's If you haven't priced that in by now, you haven't been watching the guy for, you know, a guy who's been in the public eye for decades. You know, he is who he is. And you, you either like that or you don't. I can understand if you don't like it. I can understand if you love it. But, like, I just don't or, understand the switch right now. Or you accept it. Yeah. And you're okay with the outcomes of his policies. Right, exactly. Uh, Yesterday's poll question, should Trump nuke hurricanes to stop them from reaching American shores? too close for comfort. (laughs) No. No, 59% said (laughs) no. There's a lot of pro-hurricane people in this audience. Nuke hurricanes. (laughs) I just think it's so ridiculous that it dominated the headlines for like a full 24 hours. Yeah. Trump report. Trump says that wonders if we should use nukes for hurricanes. I'm like, there's nothing better to report on. I know. And nothing. Yeah, and just, this, this is, again, MSNBC looking for a way that they can mock the president. The Greenland thing was the same thing. Yes. Well, obviously, there's been real strategic conversations over the years about Greenland. But, like, that's not why it was news. It was no. news because Donald Trump said some crazy thing. <laughs> like, it's always that. It always comes back to that. It's, again, it's so Boring. And then they use it as uh, an excuse to say, well, maybe he's unfit to be president. Meanwhile, Joe Biden looks seriously unfit like, to be president. Yeah, yeah, and they don't say anything about it. Uh, today's poll Do you think Trump is doing enough to fight back China robbing the United States? I think it means say against China robbing the United States. Let us know what you think, Stu. Is he doing enough to, what is it? To, to fight back. It's, it's an interesting one. Yeah. To fight back against China robbing the United States. I don't know, tariffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I know how you yeah, feel I'm not about a big those, tariff but. guy. Uh, I, I do think the one thing, I, and I, you know, I, I, Donald Trump, I think, you know, he loves, he does believe tariffs mm-hmm. are effective, and I think he's doing it for reasons that are, uh, you know, honorable, right? Like, he wants to legitimately have better deals, and he wants to win this battle against China. He is, I think, risking his presidency, though, at some level. I mean, you know, he, he is, if the economy fails or has serious problems, I think he does, this is this is his biggest risk in losing. Uh, and so for people who a lot of times kind of say, well, Donald Trump doesn't have an ideology, he has no belief system. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, he is, leg- I think he's legitimately putting his presidency on red or black here and saying, like, look, you know, I think it's going to come up the right way. It makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the policy as a whole, and that's one of the, you know, things. I think it's, you know, I think he's done a lot of really good things, and we've talked about them. I think this is one of the ones I think he's wrong on. But, you know, look, he, he ran on this. He said he was going to do it, and he's done it. 
I've, I've never been a tariff guy, but the reality is you cannot have free trade without fair trade. And it was not fair with the way we were trading with China and China was manipulating their currency against us. I think this is having devastating effects. There's a lot of evidence that it is on China. Mm -hmm. uh, I have great hope that this will work out. And to President Trump, is what you said, to his credit, you put your presidency on the line for something that you believe in, that you truly yeah. believe this is good for America and this will save this country from, from, from China interventions, negative interventions. Mm -hmm. You've got to applaud. You can disagree with him all you want, but he's doing this under conviction. Yeah. And I've got great respect for that. Yeah. Aaron? I think he's doing enough. I certainly don't want him to do more right now. I don't want to see an escalation of this, so I would say enough, yes. Yeah. The one thing that worries me most about this is that China has something that we don't, which is the ability to not have an election. They don't have to worry about this. And they can hold this and they can make it worse and worse and worse as we go into next year. They can manipulate and hold this country's economy hostage at some level. Um, you know, I think there's also an argument there, though, that Trump has the ultimate sugar rush in the economy, that if it does start to turn negative, I think if he were to uh, switch around on these policies and, and make a deal go through whatever the best thing he can get is, there may be a big sugar rush for the economy. It may help him towards the election as well. But, I mean, China doesn't have to worry. If they, they, may, they are having negative consequences. It is hurting, I think, both sides here. But they... They could just kill a couple hundred million people. Like, that's what China does when they get in problems. And, and that makes me, it makes me worried not only for the poor people in China, but also, uh, you know, the election. Because he really, they can hold uh, our economy um, at gunpoint as well. And, you know. They need us more than we need them. I think that's true. But it's, it's also, they don't have those effects it might not hurt our country as much, but it can hurt Donald Trump as much. Mm -hmm. You know, they can they can get Donald Trump out of there. Now they don't want Elizabeth Warren either. I mean, we should right, we should point that right. out. As much as they love communism, I don't think that they want to <laughs> deal. They'd rather have a market partner to deal with to boost their own version of it. So I don't think they want Warren or Sanders either. Those are disasters as well. To them. your point about they don't have to have an election, I see a narrative playing out now in the mainstream media, and this has been happening over the last couple of weeks about China. They're saying, well, this may take Trump a second presidency to get it under a second term to get this under control. And what the media is really telling you when they say this is if you don't like him, you better get him out now. So you don't have to deal with pushing the China deal for another four years after 2020. They're constantly pushing that as more ammo for their side yeah. to say, hey, or, or moderates mm. who don't like the uncomfortableness of all of this to say, hey move President Trump out. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been asked about, though. He's, you know, he said, look, you know, it, it, there, will this be a recession? What if it causes a recession? Well, if it causes a recession, it's worth it. Right. I mean, that's, again, you act, you... you, you Give you, him credit for that. You elect someone on what mm -hmm. they said, and if he's going to stand by it, I mean, he sh you know, he's standing by it. He is doing what he said he would do on that one. Yeah. Let us know what you think by going to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was wonderful. Was it was delightful. Was it? It was. Are you sure? No. <laughs> was not. I'm lying to you. You got to talk about Taylor. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.